If you'd like to know why not all herbal supplements are created equal, then this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show is for you. Welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show, where each week you'll hear the real-world experiences, life lessons, and guided principles that every highly driven man needs to master, their health, productivity, and relationships by sharing conversations with the world's most successful people in fitness, nutrition, supplementation, and mindset. Meet your host, Benjamin Brown. He is a fitness and nutrition expert, consultant to Fortune 500 companies and world championship sports teams, a husband and father of three, and has been helping men transform their physiques, optimize their energy, and own their fatherly mission since 2005. Thank you for joining us today, and without further ado, let's jump right in. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 73 of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. Today on the show, I'm super excited to bring on my friend Brianna Diorio. Brianna is currently the global educator at Vitality Works, which is a private label nutraceutical and herbal company, as well as she has her own private clinical nutrition practice for the last five years. Brianna has been working as a clinical nutritionist specializing in alternative health, functional medicine, and dietary supplements, as well as working with a vast array of clients and businesses to educate and improve their health and dietary needs. She believes in taking a holistic and root cause approach to wellness, while also practicing the importance on finding balance, getting back to the basics, and making lasting lifestyle changes. In this episode, we discuss herbal supplements and why and how to choose those quality products, including what to look for on the labels, as well as some of the shady and potentially unethical practices that are currently being employed in the industry. Uh, That's something that I've talked about before. Additionally, we chat about our clinical nutrition degrees and the transition from student clinician to real-world practitioner, including what it means to be a good coach, and how our view of nutrition has changed over the years since we progressed from our graduate school curriculum into real-world practice. And then lastly, because Brianna travels so frequently to lecture, I thought it would be really helpful for her to drop some clinical pearls on travel nutrition and supplementation recommendations, which I'm confident that you guys will find helpful. So without further ado, hope you guys enjoy the show. And here is my friend, Brianna Diorio. Brianna Diorio, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm really good. It's nice to finally catch up. As I was saying, kind of, I feel like I know you just through social media. And I guess that's the beauty of social media. And and because I've been following you for a little while, and then I know you from University of Bridgeport from our master's program, which I want to talk about. But, uh, you know, this is the first time we've actually spoken sort of in real life, even though we're on video right now. So it's great to connect. The power of social media, you know, you can have friends that you would never have had organically, which is really nice. It is. It has its, certainly has its pros and cons. For sure. So what's going on in your world? Just a busy bee, you know, I travel a lot. I am uh, the director of education for a private label nutraceutical company. So I travel all over the country and do lectures and, um, you know, webinars and teachings and all that kind of stuff. So just traveling and researching and um, getting ready to go to Portugal in a couple of weeks, actually, with my best friend and brother. So that'll be fun. So trying to have some life work balance and podcasting with you. So exciting things. Awesome. So 
with respect to your day-to-day job, so you, you lecture, you teach, who do you lecture to? What's, what's sort of the day in and day out of, of that role? Yeah, so we have accounts um, all over the country. So the company is called Vitality Works. So we yeah. mostly private label uh, herbs and nutraceuticals, but we also do contract manufacturing. So okay. just going and seeing those accounts and presenting on different health topics and then, um, you know, different herbs and nutraceuticals as well. And you lecture to the practitioners or the company owners that private labeled the products. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then some of the accounts that we have as well, like locally, like here on the West Coast, we have some stores like Lassen's, Lazy Acres. On the East Coast, we have like Deborah's Natural Market. So I'll go in and meet with the staff there and educate them as well, okay. as well as the store buyers and things like that too. Do you guys have sprouts? We do um, have sprouts, yes. Do they carry your products or, or offshoot? Yeah. So if you went into Sprouts and bought the actual Sprouts brand in the glass bottles, that is, there's two. Uh, Vitamer is one private label and then Vitality Works is the other. Vitality Works does more herbs and then Vitamer does more of the like ABC vitamins. Okay. That's cool. And it's it's primarily the products that you you do like herbal tinctures and liquid type products. Yeah, so the guy who founded the company, his name is Mitch Coven. He's awesome. He's actually a clinical herbalist himself. And so he started as a tincture company, like a, you know, a one to five tincture, but then from there it's grown. So he also does, we do, you know, liquid veggie caps, dry powdered caps. Um, We do raw material sourcing for places like Celestial Teas. So even helping out with things like that, pet products, all that stuff. And so we actually get the whole herb into the manufacturing facility there um, and are doing the extracting there and then the testing and things like that. So it's really, it's a primary manufacturer, which is awesome. That's really cool. I think it's actually a really good topic to to just start on um, because I think there's a lot of confusion in the supplement industry and people just kind of don't really know what they should be looking for. Like, why would I go to Sprouts and buy a product that is potentially 50% more expensive than Walmart or Walgreens or Costco? And maybe we could just start there. What's the, what's the benefit of some of the products that you guys produce and why? Totally. I think it's important. And we live in a place now where everybody has become very concerned about the quality of their food. Like, was this animal grown on a farm and were they happy and were they given a massage before they were killed? You know, like we care about all that. But for some reason, supplements and nutraceuticals and herbaceuticals, as I'm calling it, has kind of fallen into this different category where people are either, you know, a a price point shopper or they're an Amazon person where they just want it delivered within two days. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes with manufacturing, which also determines the quality of your supplements, which the quality of your supplements should be just as important as the quality of anything else that you're putting in your body. Because some people are now using supplements allopathically where they're just taking it for every single thing in their ish in their body and trying to use kind of a bandage approach. But, you know, if you're not taking time to actually look at things like the excipients and the other ingredients that they're adding in there, if they're putting in fillers, um, if the manufacturing facility itself isn't doing the quality testing because you can technically go to market. Um, the FDA doesn't care about if the product works necessarily. They care more about safety um, and then having third-party certifiers like, you know, good manufacturing practices, uh, UL, right. um, all that kind of stuff is just setting the standard for the bare minimum. So it's really up to the manufacturer to do all those other things to test for things like 
bacteria and E. coli and Listera using the HPLC machine to see if the active compounds are really there. And, um, you know, depending on what it is, something like with herbs, you know, having someone who's an organoleptics person who can actually identify color and, you know, viscosity and taste and smell, all of that is really important because think about how hard it is for people to break down food on a daily basis. And then you want to go and add, you know, different products into your body. If, if it's not, you know, compounded correctly or extracted correctly, um, or again, if there's just a lot of fillers and stuff you don't need in there, your body is not going to absorb it. And then you're just paying for really expensive pee. Yeah. And you're, you're putting your faith in the supplement company to give you a product that you think is going to work, that they tell you is going to work, but it's really up to the morality of the supplement uh, of the manufacturer um, to actually source the ingredients that they say they're sourcing the, the ing- and the ingredients that are actually bioactive, that are actually going to do what they say they're going to do, the right plant parts and, and, and what have you. And so that's a big one because the, you know, the supplement industry is still the wild west in terms totally. of you know, what people can put into products and get away with and, and sort of what the claims are around the products. Yeah. I mean, claims is something, I mean, I, I worked at vitamin shop headquarters very early in my career, which I was very thankful for because I had to work with the legal team, um, very often. And I was actually part of the marketing and legal team. So, you know, when companies will make these really broad claims, like you can't cure, prevent, uh, you know, mitigate diseases. And so, you'll see some of these companies who come out and they have a lot of marketing dollars behind it and they'll just say these things and they have really pretty packaging and then they don't have claim substantiation, meaning they don't really have the articles and the research. Maybe they funded a a white paper themselves, but is there really efficacy in the product? And then even like what you were saying, I mean, I go to Supply Side West every year, which is a huge trade show for Mm -hmm. raw materials. And if you go to that, it is legitimately Wild West because the raw material suppliers are not really held to the same standards. They don't have third-party certifiers coming in saying, yeah, you need to meet these claims. So it is up to the manufacturer to even trust the certificate of analysis from the raw material supplier saying this is what it says it is. That's why about only 33% of supplements are actually meeting label claims and why people are so up in arms every day when you're seeing articles come out. Yeah, it's such a good point. I don't want to go too far into the weeds with this, but I think it's so relevant for people to understand the process by which they get these products and and the way these supplements are formulated and the complexity of the process to understand to the degree that, you know, you're sourcing raw materials. These companies are sourcing raw materials from somewhere, whether it's North America, whether it's China, and they're being told that it's these specific ingredients or this combination of ingredients, whether it's a powder or an herb. And then it's up to the manufacturer to, like you said, test these for actual authenticity. And then whether it's up to them, whether they want to get it third party tested as well to be able to show like, because there are in fact manufacturers that are going to say to their uh, client, so if I'm producing a product and I have a manufacturer, they, they could potentially say, yeah, we've put everything that you wanted in this product, but they could easily undercut some of the ingredients that I wanted in my product oh. and charge me the same and make, you know, improve their margins on the back end. So there's so many layers to it. And that's why it's really important for people to be choosing products that are, you know, good manufacturing products, um, certified. uh, Well, what are some of the certifications? There's the the certified GMP. Yeah, GMP, UL, those are kind of the two bigger uh, certifiers out there. And then, I mean, there are some gray areas too, because there are some certifying parties that came out 
that originally I think intended to do well, like the, the butterfly, the non-GMO. Um, but what people don't realize is that smaller companies sometimes can't afford to pay to put the logo on it. And that ends up being a marketing thing as well. Sure. So there's also other things that you can do. I think just researching the company and how transparent they are. And, you know, I think a good company and a good quality, it also talks like they talk about where you're spending your money outside as well. Like, so are you supporting other local farms? You know, are you, like I said, you know, doing, are you active in, in the industry as well? Like, you know, are you on, on boards and, and things like that? Because health doesn't just stop, I think, at the supplement that you're using. It's kind of this whole mindset. So I think, again, some of these manufacturers who haven't been around for a while, um, you know, or like I said, you'll see, you see this all the time, supplement companies come out and something's trending. We're seeing this with CBD right now, right? Everybody's CBD. And I was actually just in a store yesterday and on the label, it said something like cures anxiety. And I was like, wow, these people are waiting for a lawsuit to happen. Yeah. Crazy because you can't say that. And everybody is different and individual. So it's also, you know, just trusting, um, of course, like I said, a good manufacturer and, you know, making sure that they've, they've been around for a while and that they're, you know, getting audited. And if they've had warning letters from the FDA, that will be out there. Like this is, we're seeing this a lot in essential oils right now because mm -hmm. essential oils are technically is not a third party governing body that can come in and say, this is quote therapeutic grade. So it's up to the manufacturer and there's a lot of marketing puffery. I talk about this a lot that goes on with that when really it's about the climate that it was grown in the soil, the time of year it was harvested, the distillation process, the genus and species, um, you know, all of that matters too. And if, again, if they're doing the HPLC testing and organoleptics, so it's hard because what, how would the average consumer know this? You know, you don't, but if the bottle looks really pretty and mm -hmm. they have a, somebody who is, you know, a, a quote influencer, then people are like, yeah, okay, they're taking it. I'll take it too. And so you have to kind of know what to look for and ask those questions. And I think the basic, the most basic thing is literally just starting and turning the supplement bottle over and looking at the other ingredients. And if there's other things that shouldn't be in there, like fructose and, you know, artificial flavors and colors and stuff like that. Like I see this all the time in protein powders and BCAAs, like start there maybe, and then kind of like start doing some more homework as well. Yeah, that's it. And people need to do their research. It's like, you can't just take someone's word for it. You know, you people spend hours and hours and days and hundreds of dollars researching what the next car they're going to buy is, but they don't think twice about the, the products that they're putting in their body. And so, you know, you actually have to look for a product that's going to do what it says it does. And then you actually, if you're taking it, like, are you even noticing a difference or are you just taking it? Cause it makes you feel good that you're you know, spending money on this product. So yeah, placebos work 36% of the time. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And so too, they just overload and they're taking seven different things all at once. And it's like, okay, but how do we know what's really right. working and how do we know we need to titrate up or titrate down? So that's why it's also important to, you know, work with somebody sometimes. And I get so frustrated with this. I'm sure you experience this too. Like people will read one article about something and I've had clients do this, like that I'm actively working with. And then they'll email me an article as if I don't know about what's quote trending. And they'll be like, should I take this? And I'm like, no, did we talk about this? Just because it's good for one person doesn't mean it's good for everybody or that you need to take it right now. So it's also just, understanding that, yeah, of course there's benefits to anything. You can research an article on anything nowadays, but it doesn't mean you have to take every single thing that's, that's right. out there on the market that is, has a health benefit. That's right. Yeah. It's always, you know, I got a, a, a new client recently and we were talking, he's taken an unbelievable amount of products and, you know, to, to his 
you know, to his credit, like a lot of the stuff he's taking, I can see how he's justifying why he's taking what he's taking, but it's just like the scope of products. He's taking like 40 different supplements and it's just ridiculous. I'm like, all right, let's prioritize a little bit in terms of the bang for your buck and, and what you can do. And, you know, are, is the article that you're sending me about the product written by the company that manufactures the product? How frequently, you know, are people sending us those? So very well put. Um, really good information about that. I think that's that's very relevant, and I'm glad we had a chance to talk about that. But let's let's just step back for a second. So, how did you get into? How did you become such a nerd about herbs? <laughs> Basically, uh, well, I mean, I've definitely been a nerd my whole life. I mean, I if you ask my mom, she calls me the question grape. I am always, and I think anybody who actually is in the functional medicine realm. It's kind of this person because you're always like, okay, but why are you feeling this way? How did it get so bad? So I always want to just know the root cause or somebody will say like a, a saying, it's raining cats and dogs. I'll say to my mom, well, where did that come from? I'm just, I've always been that way. And so I think um, as I've gotten more into the industry and deeper in my career, when you start out, and I think this is normal for anybody's trajectory in their career and, and their field you do kind of tiptoe around, you know, like what you want to be a quote expert in or whatever. Uh, and, and so you take a, a broader scope, but then as you dig deeper, when people make claims like, okay, yeah, it's, it can help boost your immune system. And I'm like, but what does that even mean? Like right. how, what's the physiology? And so I think you reach a point where you just want to know more. And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about what it's physiologically changing in the body. Is it turning on genes? Is it influencing enzymes? Is it you know, what are the active compounds that these pharmaceutical companies who are making millions of dollars, like they obviously do work for some people. So what is it modulating in the body? Like what pathway? And so I think for me, it's really just, I, I want to help people understand because that's how I learn selfishly. So I just assume that's how other people learn. And I think when it comes to health, because again, most people are doing these things and trying all these products and taking all this thing because they just want to feel better. Mm -hmm. But I think it would be a lot more efficacious if people said, ah, yes, but I understand this works on this pathway and this enzyme, like turmeric is one of those things, you know, like turmeric and ginger are in the same family. They work on the same thing. So does black seed oil. Like they work on the same enzymes. They can help recycle antioxidants in your liver and phase two pathways. Like, so let's figure that out first and give people some options and then connect kind of some of those clinical correlations and, you know, bridging that gap between healthcare and self-care. Mm -hmm. So how did you transition from, because we both went to University of Bridgeport for our uh, degree in clinical nutrition, and that's how I, how I stumbled upon you. In fact, I think, I don't know if you remember this, but I think I emailed you or, or Facebook messaged you like as I was coming towards graduation, I was kind of freaking out about our boards, our board exams. And I, hopefully? <laughs> yeah, I think you did, but I was kind of reaching out to people like, hey, like, how hard is the test? You know, how do that I need to be prepared? <laughs> I don't know if you did the same, but I think there was a bunch of people that are bouncing back and forth with recent graduates and whatnot. But I think that's how I first, because I graduated a year or two after you, but um, oh, that's no, how Google I, Hangouts was the reason I passed that uh, eight-part exam the first time through, because we would just have hardcore study sessions. And I did a lot of... Um, stress eating at the time. I was, I was like addicted to quest bars at the time. So I was yeah. like stress eating quest bars and then going and like deadlifting really heavy. That was like all nice. my life was consuming. So yeah, I get it. <laughs> Bro life. Nice. Uh, I don't even think I knew about Google Hangouts. I'm old 
and now I feel even older. Um, <laughs> I don't think, I mean, we just tried, if nobody knows this, but before the podcast, Ben was trying to help me connect my Bluetooth to my computer <laughs> and I couldn't do it. So literally I am not the end all be all with technology, anything. I'm only good at nutrition. So I think it was somebody else in the group who was like, we're going to do Google Hangouts. And I was like, Great. Uh, that sounds smart. I wish I had known about it then. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, we made it through. So good for you. That was a great program. Now, what prompted you to kind of dive into that that specific graduate program because it was more holistic, more alternative based? And I talk a lot about that uh, a lot on the show. Um, you know, as opposed to going maybe more of a traditional dietitian route. Yeah, that was actually really important for me because you know, again, originally my undergraduate degree, I was going to be a Spanish teacher. And so I had Spanish and then I had a health studies minor and a communication minor. And so I was pretty much going to have to just re go to school for a a whole Mm -hmm. other undergrad. But my personality is, and I think anybody who follows me or knows me as a human knows, I just am very transparent and I'm very blunt and I can't fake my emotions if I'm not into something. And I would never be able to go into a hospital with sick people as you have to do with an RD route when you do your internship and say, oh, hi, you're sick. Like take this medication and eat this whole wheat bread and good luck. I'd be like, no, let's sneak you out of here and get some vitamin D and like, let's take some herbs and let's talk about what's going on in your life. I just, I wouldn't be able to do it as a person. My soul would just be crushed. So I knew I wanted to take a more natural holistic route. And so I used to always, I spent a lot of time in the vitamin shop and I would always pick up those free magazines and I would just, I would read articles sometimes. And I was like, okay, well, I know a lot of this information too. What are, what are these people's credentials? And I just kept seeing ND at the end. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. And I was like, ah, naturopathic doctor. And I was just Googling Mm -hmm. schools. And I was actually all set to go to FIU down in Florida. Like Mm -hmm. I was accepted. I was starting my program. And then I stumbled upon University of Bridgeport in my research. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Everybody else is going to be weird like me and into, you know, (laughs) herbs and the holistic sector and talk about like psychoneuroimmunology. And that's just kind of, I applied like super last minute and I got in and I was like, all right, that's it. And it was, you know, it was an awesome program. It was a very cool program. Um, and, And so how have you been applying that? Obviously, aside from your you know, your, your coaching and your, well, aside from your, like your lecturing and involvement with the supplement company, how are you applying kind of the, the, the principles learned in the program? So I, I opened up my own nutrition practice pretty much right after I graduated graduate school. I was living in Connecticut at the time still. And so I had opened up a CrossFit gym with uh, my business partner at the time. And so it kind of just worked well together. And I think clinical practice is so important for anybody because again, I love reading research articles. I wake up on Sunday and I make espresso and read PubMed. Like that's a good time for me. I'm a but I think it's very different because we're not Petri dishes. We're not mice in a 12 week setting, you know, like we're, we, our bodies just don't always respond like that. So I think it's very interesting to have clinical practice where you've seen hundreds of, you know, and thousands of people who come in and they could have the quote, same symptoms. And you say, oh, well, I gave this person a protocol, but I didn't realize they had emotional trauma from their childhood. So that's yeah. why I'm not responding. So I think that that has been really helpful in just my learning as well, because if there was something I didn't know about, I had to learn about it because I had a client who was going through something. And you know, by the time people reach you as well, like they're at their wits end. They've tried everything else. Like Western medicine maybe isn't working or other practitioners haven't been listening. So you almost feel like, oh man, I got I really have to help this person and step up to the plate. You know, I have a lot of appreciation for the program because it, it certainly does prepare you for the real world of, of nutrition coaching as opposed to 
you know, the traditional nutritionist dietitian approach in terms of, you know, it's clinical nutrition, it's, it's diagnostic nutrition. It's like, what's really going on with this person? What's the underlying foundation of why they're experiencing what they're experiencing? Let's look at all of the facets. Let's look at their lifestyle. You know, let's look at their nutrition. Let's look at their mindset. And I have a special appreciation because I spent so much time um, coaching clients prior to going into the program to the degree that it was exactly what I needed when we dove in to really expand my horizons. Now I had studied, you know, functional medicine prior to that um, and been personal training forever and worked with a lot of clients, but it really kind of married everything together. Also from a scientific perspective. It's like you can get all of this anecdotal stuff. You can get all these gurus that are preaching all these things that may or may not be correct, but from a scientific standpoint, from a clinical standpoint, how can we bridge all of those things together? Sure. And we even had a class, I'm not sure if you remember, it was a, I forget what it was called, but it was a research class, which taught us how to actually even read research papers and tell which ones were, you know, good and not and who was funding it and how to be research literate as well, which this is what we were talking about before. Just because you read one article, well, who was it funded by? How was the study? Was it double, you know, was it randomized clinical trial? Was it, you know, two friends in a basement who were like trying something out, you know? So all of that matters too. Like, so everything needs to be kind of, I think, a bigger picture approach of being like, yeah, here's some science, here's some literature. And then at the end of the day, like, for herbs, for example, there are sometimes I'm on the science nerd in me. I'm like, okay, but I want to understand the mechanism of action. Like mm-hmm. what's the physiology? And sometimes things have just been around for thousands of years and it just works because it does. So there's like a little bit of all that magic, I think that plays together in why the body functions the way it does. Well, it was cool. One of the books we read on, on specifically on herbs, I don't know if you remember which book it is, but I mean, it talked about you know, the history of herbal use and, and the, the myriad of, of, of ways to use all of the different herbs and how they've been used for thousands of years. And it's just so much of what we don't hear about in this day and age in our kind of allopathic world. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it was so relevant. So, um, you know, so what, is, tell me a little bit more about your kind of coaching pro, uh, program. What kind of clients do you work with? So generally, like I was saying before, by the time people reach me, they have done a lot of other things. They've spent thousands of dollars, or they may have even worked with other functional practitioners who have kind of sold them a bill of goods of saying, we're going to run all these labs and we're going to do this and that. And then they put them on these really extensive protocols and they remove every possible food from their diet and this and that. Um, And they're just like, I have been feeling like shit for 20 years, please help. And so, and, and for me, it's really important. Like I tell this to everybody, everyone's not going to be a good fit. I have a very specific kind of approach. I am from New Jersey, right? So I'm like transparent to the point. We're not going to, there's not going to be puff, like, you know, and all this stuff and and magical, whatever. We're going to just figure it out. And so um, also, if you're somebody who just wants like to see results in a month, I'm not going to work with you. We dig deep and it takes time. And I always joke and say I have the most educated clients because I want you to be involved too. Like I'm not going to be there holding your hand forever. And I want you to figure out when you eventually are going to have issues that pop up in your life again, you could be the healthiest person ever. You're going to have health issues. Like it just happens. So you should understand what your triggers are, 
why this happened in the first place, what are some connections, and then kind of just mm -hmm. building up this health toolbox, if you will, or a health arsenal. So we talk a lot about that. And I mean, just from day one, the intake form process that I do, anybody who's worked with me, they probably hate me from the beginning, but love me at the end because it's so arduous. I mean, it's like seven different intake forms that are multiple pages long yeah. and we get into all of it. And we talk, I always joke and I'm like, I, nutrition is such a, a small part of it. We talk about that very briefly, but we did way deeper. I mean, emotional trauma is a huge thing, you know, like past suppressed trauma, um, things that happened in your life before you got sick. Like we go backwards as well because people maybe feel like, you know, crap now, but many times it's because the body has been in this, you know, fight or flight response or this, it's been trying to protect you. And now your body's like, okay, listen up, we're going to deal with some things and you're going to listen. And, you know, as anybody learns in functional medicine, you know, symptoms aren't the problem. They are the result of a problem. So, you know, our cells are trying to tell us that something needs to change. And we're just like, no, I'll just stay up later or I'll just drink alcohol or I'll drink right. coffee. And so we dig deep and talk about all of that and then kind of make a realistic plan over, you know, three, six, whatever, how many months we want to work together and talk about like, okay, yeah, we have 30 things we're going to work on, but week one, we're focusing nice. on two things and that's it. Yeah. I, I think that's part of the reason why nutrition is seemingly so difficult and why if people, so many people are struggling to get results is because we kind of look myopically at, all right, well, what should I be eating? What diet should I be doing? What supplements should I be taking? Or, or how should I be exercising? And oftentimes it's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's really relevant, but let's take a step back and like, just look at everything else in your life that's going on and what's led you to this point. And let's acknowledge some of that and factor that in. People have that's such a great way to put it. I mean, people have such a myopic view and they don't understand that the body, if it was that simple and that easy, we wouldn't be spending $3.8 trillion in healthcare. It just wouldn't, we wouldn't, I wouldn't have a job. You wouldn't have a job, right? And so, I mean, you even, I'm sure get this all the time. People will say things like, I get people who send me Excel spreadsheets on their oh, yeah. routine. And I'm just oh, yeah. like, we need to just not do that right now and take a step back or people saying, when's the best time to take this? And I'm like, whenever you're going to consistently mm -hmm. do it and remember. So it's all about creating habits, which actually create deeper, you know, grooves in your neural pathways and being consistent and compliant. Like that's what ultimately matters. It doesn't matter these small things, but again, I think it's the human brain trying to get control over things and or it's just a perceived control that we have over it because people just want to feel good and it's frustrating and they don't want to do that hard work that they that's have it. they just want to plan and that's not, it's not working obviously do that's something it. that doesn't work anymore and it's not working for a lot of people yeah that's it it's the hard work it, it's just like anything else i mean it's not it's so uncomfortable yeah. it's so uncomfortable to realize that this is going to take far far longer than 30 days or 12 weeks or six months, depending on where you're coming from. It takes time and to unlearn habits too. And I, I don't know. I, and again, I don't know, maybe it's just the, you know, human nature, but like it didn't take you four weeks to get to the place where you're so frustrated. So it's definitely going to take longer than four weeks to undo that and then relearn new things on top of it. Yeah. Time. And that's a really hard concept for people. Well, yeah, especially with social media. It's like, hey, if you hire a coach and they, well, first of all, if you're sick, if, like if you're legitimately sick and you hire a coach to, well, are your, are your goals realistic? Like you want to get, you know, your, your swimsuit body by yeah. in, in three months and you're sick and you hire a coach and they tell you that they're going to be able to do that. And I don't know, I, I would seriously question them. Yeah 
uh, if they're not, yeah, yeah, if they're not, if they're not being candid with you and saying like, look, this could take significant, this could take years to really get you where you want to be for us to work through some of this stuff. Yeah. And even people, number one, like for, for your example, like people who want to look a certain way, maybe you shouldn't be shredded right now. Like right. maybe your body's not doing that because you have other things you need to work on. Or when people will get caught up in these 30 day transformations, or even if it's longer, like 12 week transformations, I'm not interested in how strict you were able to be for 12 weeks and how regimented. I want to see your nine month transformation or your year transformation. And let's also talk about what things you had to give up to get that way. Like what's your relationship like with food now? What is your relationship like in general with people? Like what, what does it cost to you? What is that? What does that really matter? You know, if you don't have balance and you don't really have that bigger picture health, like who cares what you look like in a bathing suit? Everybody else is so obsessed and self-involved anyway that they'll be concerned for two minutes and then it's on to the next. Hey brother, are you struggling to find the energy to function at your best as a businessman, father, and husband? I want you to know you're not alone. And sadly, the conventional wisdom these days around healthy eating and exercise that has saturated the mainstream is flat out wrong. If you want to find the solution to optimizing your energy and body composition without restrictive dieting, soul-crushing workouts, or adding more to your already stressful and overflowing schedule so that you can finally function like the man you know you can be, then we need to chat. Are you ready to move from exhausted to energized by working smarter, not harder? Go ahead and schedule your free strategy call at www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up. I'm looking forward to our conversation and enjoy the rest of the show. Is this what you anticipated the process looking like when you went into coaching when you went into graduate school and kind of you had this maybe thought process about this is what it's going to look like this is who I who I'm going to help how is it for you now relative to kind of what you expected going into it yeah i think when i first got into it i really thought that even when i was in graduate school i truly believed at that time that nutrition was the only thing that mattered so i was like yeah of course i'm going to just talk to people about their diets and meal plans and all that and it's like I said, that's such a small part of what I do. I mean, I talk to dot about diets with people for maybe 10% of it. Um, and so I think for what I've realized over the years is that the education part is so much more important uh, and helping people really, like I said, kind of take, you know, oh, I've been feeling this way because this has been happening or I haven't addressed this. So I do, it's a lot more like, I, I actually joke and I, you get this from being a personal trainer too. Like that started in my personal training days. You're a lot more like somebody's therapist than you are. Most people just want to be heard actually and feel like they're being understood. And it's a lot of handholding. People inherently know, I think what they need to do. And I joke in sessions, I'll be like, listen, I'm not going to sit here and lecture you and be like, potato chips aren't healthy. And maybe you shouldn't eat pizza six days a week. Like, I think we all get that. But it's more so accountability people need and um, to vibe with the right person. So I think that goes again to, you know, making sure that you work with somebody who actually 
you like their philosophies and they're not being super religious about anything and they meet you where you are. I had a client come to me who was like, yeah, my doctor said that I need to be doing um, intermittent fasting and I've been doing it and I feel worse because her doctor was doing it. Like, that's great if that works for her and the doctor, but don't put that on somebody else if it doesn't work for them in their lifestyle. So I think being able to really hear and listen what mm -hmm. the person that you're working with needs and how it's going to really work for their lifestyle. If they're a busy mom of five kids and you're like, okay, I want you to take 45 minutes in the morning and wake up and meditate. If I was a mom, I'd probably be like, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's um, not happening. Probably not happening. Right. So like right. maybe when you're 25 and you don't have anything else to do, like you can savasana on the floor for 30 minutes and that's great. But so again, I think it's realistically just making a plan that's going to work for you, understanding the root cause and then applying it every single day. Yeah. I appreciate that. You said just listening and you've got to have empathy. Um, and you know, oftentimes it's, in my experience, it's just helping people kind of clarify their thoughts. They know what's working, what's happening, but sometimes it's just by them verbally, you know, talking about it with you, then you can kind of pick up on some of the things. It's like, it sounds to me like this is working, this isn't working. Does that sound right? And if it is working, okay, you know, here's where we go from there. If it's not working, what, what can we do differently? And, and so it's just kind of reorganizing their thought processes in many instances. At least that's the way I feel about it. I think people want to have a sounding board as well. You know, I share with people all the time, like, listen, I'm a nutritionist. I love this. I search research this all day. I still work with a naturopathic doctor. Yeah, I still sure. do talk therapy. Like you need to have a arsenal of health tools for, yeah, maybe right now everything in my life is copacetic and it's great, but there's going to, again, be times in life where things aren't. And I think that's where people get frustrated is because they say, oh, I don't feel good right now. So they don't have something, a toolbox or a team to pull from and say, okay, yeah, I was working on my mental health for a while. I feel good with that. I'm going to shelf that for a bit, but now like I'm having a lot of anxiety or, you know, I'm having digestive issues. So mm -hmm. who's that person in my corner for that? So I think it's important from a, a young, you know, age, or even just when you're getting into the health game to kind of work with different people. That's a great way to learn. Like I, every time I go to my acupuncturist, I joke, I'm like, she's like my therapist because we talk about herbs and Chinese meridians and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's a great time for me to, you know, pick her brain too. And kind of, you know, don't ever think that you know everything and you're an ex. That's why I even hate the word like expert. I'm like, what makes somebody an expert? I know it's like 10,000 hours or whatever, but hmm. really I think the people who are smartest in the field are people who are just like, you know, I need to know more. I don't, I don't know everything. And there's always time to learn more and have a bigger view and dig deeper. Yeah. Well, I say it a lot on here is, you know, the more experience we get, the more I learn, I feel like the less I know Yes. Yes. Oh my God. That's so true. Especially in the nutrition realm. It's just crazy, but I, I can really appreciate how active you are on social media selfishly because you know, you're doing a lot of research. I don't have time for that stuff. I just don't. And so when you share all these nuggets, it's great for me. I'm like, Oh yeah, that, that, that. I remember learning about that. Oh, that's something new. And, and I can relay that stuff to my clients and plug it into my practice. So if you guys listening, if you're not already following Brianna, on Instagram, you need to because she's super smart and super funny and um, just straightforward. 
<laughs> I appreciate that. You know, it's funny though. Actually, somebody asked me, they said something like, oh, how, how do you remember everything? And I'm like, I, I don't remember everything all the time. That's part of the reason I do it too, is I'll currently be in research mode for XYZ. Like if I have a webinar coming up or I'm going and doing a lecture. So that's what I'm focusing on. And so I am just researching it and I actually save all of the things that I post for all of you guys too. So I can go back and be like, oh yeah, what did I learn about Kava or what did I learn about that? And so I think, you know, people need to understand too, like you don't have to know everything about everything, but it is good to have some good resources that you can go to and at least again, just get some unbiased objective information I think is really important as well. Not again, anybody who's preaching gospel or, you know, this is the way and that's it. It's like, no, let's be able to see all points of view and, 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 you know, go back and research that at a later point if we want more in depthly. And it's research-based, and so I have a lot of appreciation for that. I mean, I'm not one to, to be exclusively research-based. I have a lot of appreciation for anecdotal evidence. In fact, in fact, you know, you, so you did um, HLC. Uh-huh. You did, did you do just, did you do level one or? Yeah, just the level one. Who did you take that with? With the guy PJ, who's so, it's funny because he's like. Uh, JP. JP, JP, yeah. Um, yes. And Paul Check actually came that weekend too, so it was really cool. So I got to meet Paul Check, and it was really fun. Yeah, that was awesome. I took level one uh, HLC's holistic lifestyle coach through the Czech Institute, which is a I love the Czech Institute. They were so ahead of their time with things. You know, that's it. So that's it. So I was I I you know heard that you had done that. I did so funny. Okay, this makes me feel old, but so I did HLC level one in two thousand and six. Uh huh. And I did HLC level two in 2007. So that was 12 years ago. Way ahead and, of your time. Yeah. It, but I, so I, then I started studying functional medicine. This was 12 years ago. I was um, studying with Dan. Do you know Dan Kalish uh-huh. out of the Bay Area? So yeah. I started, st- I was in one of Dan's first kind of six month functional medicine uh, training programs. And it gives me a lot of appreciation for, like you said, how ahead of, his time, Paul Check was, and, and all of these revolutionary practi- practitioners, because I was just, I actually pulled out the HLC2 book recently, and I was just kind of flipping through it. And I was like, oh my God, we're talking about the stress response, and, and we're talking about adrenals, and we're talking about just the massive role of digestion, and, and um, emotional well-being, and balancing all of these things, and so, and sleep, and it's just crazy. Um, Dr. Quiet, Dr. Rest. Yeah, I mean, I use actually the intake forms like as a part of my intake form. But talk about being ahead of your time. So Mike Duffy, I talk about him on like every podcast I went on because he's actually the reason I decided to go to graduate school. He and his wife had gotten the um, the certifications like way before anybody, and so. He was, you know, he owns a personal training studio in, in Oakhurst, New Jersey, but he was the one who was like so ahead of his time who was doing that because I was like, who's Paul Check and why is he like not wearing pants and like, right. what's the deal? And <laughs> when I, that's what I mean, when I went to that certification, I was like, oh, nutrition is not the end all be all. This is so interesting. Yeah. And that really got the wheel spinning for me because I had, I had basically gone academia the whole way I'd gotten a master's degree in exercise and wellness. And then I went right from there into just coaching people. But then I found, I kind of was looking for my own digestive issues outside of the box and then stumbled upon the Czech Institute. And that really just opened everything up for me beyond academia, sort of Did looking into like all the this. level two was like a, a level deeper. Did you learn some more things and tools? I, 
I did, but at the time I took it, so I took it in 2007, it was way out there for me. So it it really did go into a lot of the things that we're talking about now, a lot of the things that we learn in functional medicine, but I really didn't have the background to be able to effectively acknowledge itself. And then we got into like some woo-woo, some woo-woo stuff in the seminar, and that was a little over the top. It was a little over the top for me at the time and probably even now to be honest. I was going to say, sometimes it's a fine line. Like I definitely believe in a lot of that stuff, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, let's all just kind of come back to reality just for a minute. And then, you know, it depends, I think where you kind of are again in, in your health continuum. And sometimes you just need woo woo stuff to get you through the day to be like, nothing else is working. But then sometimes you're like, right, but let's also have some science. So it's a marriage. <laughs> it is. So, Let's let's talk a couple tangible nuggets before uh, I let you go for the day. And I think one that's that's would be helpful for our listeners. You know, you travel a lot. I see through your social media, you're traveling all the time. So maybe we could talk about a couple helpful strategies for nutrition on the road because always people are complaining. You know, it's too hard to eat well. I eat too much. I never eat enough vegetables. Kind of, how would you address those common complaints? Yeah. So first things first, I think it's not too hard. It's just easier to not care when you're on the road. It's so much easier to justify everything that you're doing because you can say, oh, well, I'm in an airport. I'm in a hotel. If anything, airports, I like live in airports. Airports have gotten really good actually at having healthy snacks and things like that. But like anything in life, you have to prepare and think ahead of time. So if you're so concerned and you want to use that as a cop out, like, oh, I'm traveling, fine, then you take control of what you can take control of, which is go to the health food store ahead of time and get snacks. So is it ideal to be eating protein bars and things like that? Like, no, but there are things you can bring with you. I mean, they make organic chicken that's in a can that has like the flip top open. So you don't have to bring a, cause someone will say, well, I don't want to travel with a can opener. Well, you don't have to. So there's, there's that there's tuna fish that they have in the pouches that open up maybe don't be that person on the airplane because like it's not yeah don't do that friends but it's an option you can eat that before you get on the plane um epic bars i always travel with those you can make your own trail mix so things like you know different nuts and dark chocolate and stuff like that um i'm a big fan of the no cow bars the protein bars so i travel with those a lot and then you'd be surprised like you can throw apples into your bag you could even throw an avocado if you want into your bag and maybe one that's not as ripe and then i always travel with my own uh fork knife and uh, straw so byo utensils and a couple of essential oils and you know i always am traveling with digestive bitters because you know digestion is just tough when you're traveling. So that's something I'll always keep in my purse. And even just some essential oils, like I keep frankincense and peppermint to rub that on on my temples and um, bring your own water bottle as well. My hydro flask, most airports now have the water filtration systems in there. Yeah, Those are great. Yeah. Which you can do that. And then even like bringing your own tea bags and mushroom coffee. Like if you are, if the airport's nice enough, they'll give it to you the hot water for free. So, you know, I'll do that and bring my own mushroom coffee and put that in there. Um, you know, protein powders, you can bring rice cakes with you. So all of that is, you know, you could do that ahead of time. If you don't want to do any of that and you don't care, there's a really good chance at the airport, like, yeah, maybe you can't get organic grass fed, but there's a lot of companies now that are making these little kind of snack boxes that have hard boiled eggs in them, or they have, you know, some kind of, um, you know, protein, or you could always get a sandwich and just not eat the bread. And that's fine too. And, you know, be weary of things like, you know, some of the smoothie bars that they have in there. And, um, you know, you don't want to just be having a sugar bomb before you get onto the plane. 
but there's definitely options. You can always ask for steamed veggies on the side. If it's like a sit down restaurant, I do that a lot and get double protein. So there's definitely ways around it and try and just, you know, drink more water and, you know, try to just be sick of your own bullshit, you know, like don't make excuses. <laughs> you mean sometimes you just want like a Cinnabon. That's a, you know, traveling is stressful and it's draining. And sometimes like I always joke and I'm like, you see people just broken at the end of the day at the airport. Like they've just been getting it from customer service. They're lost their bags. Like you're tired, you're stressed. And then you smell a Cinnabon, like good oh, yeah. luck not oh, wanting yeah. to give into that. So also just like it happens sometimes. Or, or it's the, the airport's like Vegas, like time doesn't exist. It's like 8 a.m. and you're rolling in there kind of with your coffee and you're ready to get the day started and people are just chilling at the bar, crushing beers or it's a Bloody lot. Marys. For sure. Yeah. I mean, time does not exist in airports. It's amazing. Sure. I mean, people drinking Sprite next to me at 8 a.m. and then one person drinking a Bloody Mary and it's just like, what a time to be alive. You know what I mean? It really is. For some it, people, it is. it's a vacation. Vacation starts as soon as they check their bag at the counter. So. Hey, you know. And more power to you, as long as you acknowledge that, you know, you're responsible for what you're putting in there. Uh, you know, I actually talk to us real quickly about the bitters, because I'm a huge fan of digestive health, as are we all. And every single person I work with gets to hear about, you know, my soapbox spiel about digestion and including all of our listeners as I've gone on ad nauseum. But, but the bitters, actually, I'm, I'm very intrigued about and feel like it would be something that would be relevant. Yeah, I love digestive bitters. Um, I think digestion, obviously, is something that most people have issues with, like, yep. you know, 70 million Americans. So it's very common, but digestion is more, so much more than just breaking down food. I mean, if you have a sluggish digestion, there's a good chance that you're going to feel fatigued. Um, you might feel bloated. So, I mean, digestion is your digestive fires in Chinese medicine. They talk a lot about that, you know, getting the nutrients that you need in your blood supply. So, uh, this is something you could spray in your mouth before you're eating a meal or even in between meals to just help to stimulate hydrochloric acid production and right. hydrochloric acid itself is so important because it's antibacterial, um, to stimulate bile production and peristalsis. So like those wave-like contractions. Um, some people can even take like digestive bitters almost as like how people would take proteolytic enzymes. So yes. helping to break up inflammatory compounds and immune complexes in between. And then a lot of these bitters as well have been used for centuries to help vasodilate. So like ginger, you know, will be in a lot of digestive mm -hmm. bitters. Um, Oregon grape is one of my favorites because it actually contains berberine in there. So a nice source of, uh, you know, support for balancing blood glucose, but also antibacterial prickly ash you'll see in there a lot as well. So things that again, can just help to stimulate bile and, um, hydrochloric acid production and make sure that you're actually breaking down and absorbing your food as well. Yeah. I mean, we don't, I think we don't eat a lot of bitter herbs in our diet. And so I, I mean, coffee obviously is one, maybe one of the biggest contributors to, you know, bitter herbs in the American diet, at least. So plugging in additional bitter herbs uh, seems like such a great idea. Definitely. And again, a lot of the times, you know, if you're having issues with, um, like I said, maybe just not breaking down the food that you're eating and you have like a food baby, especially if you're traveling, I mean, you're putting your body through a stress on some level too. And so digestion can definitely 
kind of go down uh, hill with that very quick, quickly. So, you know, a lot of these bitter herbs fall under the aromatic category. So those actually help to mildly stimulate, um, you know, and kind of actually mildly irritate the body a little bit. So it increases circulation. It brings blood flow to the villi and the microvilli. So helping with absorption as well. So really good. I think anytime that you can support gut health, I mean, you know, everyone talks about it, but it's true. I mean, it, it, like I said, especially in, you know, Chinese medicine, they talk a lot about having digestive issues. Um, you know, in Ayurveda, they talk a lot about, you know, if you have a congested digestive tract that can lead to congestion in your lymphatic system. And, you know, that deals of course with fluid balance and immune system health. So yeah. digestion, if you think about it, people will say things to you like, how are you digesting life? Right. Or like, I got to take a minute and digest that. If you yeah. have going on in the GI tract and then the, you have your whole vagus nerve connection, of course, that's going to affect how you're feeling and, and, you know, what's going on with your brain. So it all really does start with digestion. And that doesn't mean just take a bunch of probiotics. It means like, you know, supporting digestive health and all of your digestive organs as well. I love it. That's, that's so great. Now, is there a product in terms of bitters? Is there a product you recommend? So there's actually a brand um, called King Floyd's Bitters. They're made, I know the guy who started the company, uh, he, he is based in the San Francisco Bay Area. And so they actually are all doing the small batch, kind of they're making it right there. They're sourcing all the fresh herbs. But I mean, also, I believe the brand is called Nat, uh, Nature Works Swedish. But if you go to like any of your just local health food stores, honestly, and just get like a bitter spray, they all pretty much have the same things. Like I said, you'll see a lot of the same herbs in there. Um, you'll see a, a lot of, of the same nutrients. So it's, they're pretty standard across the board. You'll see fennel, you'll see peppermint, you'll yeah. see, you know, cardamom, all these things that can help increase, you know, kind of reducing gas production and all that stuff. Awesome. Now, while we're on the topic of supplementation, what are one or two other supplements? And then specifically referring to like travel nutrition, one or two other supplements that are just kind of go-tos for you that go in your bag wherever you go. I always bring ginger root with me um, because that's it's so great for vasodilation and circulation. I mean, it's a great antioxidant. It's of course really great for if you have any sort of digestive issues going on. Um, it can help with you know uh, NRF two, which is like an antioxidant that we have you know recycling in our liver. So. I love ginger root. It just does. It has a lot of these antibacterial properties, antiseptic. So I think that's good because it can do a lot for the body. And then I'm also a big fan of either like colloidal silver because I just mm -hmm. spray that on everything and bring yeah, that with totally. me. Um, or even just titrating up like vitamin D. I'm, I'm a big proponent of that in your immune system health. So, um, or like even echinacea. So something that's going to help like long-term supporting the immune system and the stress response uh, you know, or, you know, an adaptogen of source, but definitely like ginger root is always in my bag. I have that. And then as of late, it's been, um, the digestive bitters and like I said, uh, echinacea because traveling so much is, you know, can be stressful on, you know, immune deficiency. Is there a dosing on the ginger that, um, you'd recommend? So I do the, like a tincture generally. So like I'll do 30 drops, like two to three times a day. So generally like one full tincture, but anywhere between like 200 and 600 milligrams, if you're going to take like a veggie cap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, that's super helpful. I'm going to talk really quickly about plant compounds and we don't really need to get into the nitty gritty, but I want to talk about plants and eating plants and yeah. the importance of eating plants because now of course we're in this sort of day and age where you can just, well, 
you can go on social media and justify not eating any plants at all. And you can only eat red meat for every single meal and yeah. you can improve your blood health by doing that. And so, I, I mean, I'd love to take, you know, to get your input on that. Why are plant compounds so important? Is it something that, do we really need to be eating plants or kind of where are we at there? Totally. So it's just interesting because when people are taking pharmaceutical drugs and OTCs and people want to bash Western medicine all the time. And I always tell people like, listen, there's a time and a place for Western medicine. Like it's not all bad, but what they are doing, if we take a step back and look at the bigger picture, what these pharmaceutical companies are doing is they're again, like we talked about in the beginning, they're looking at which enzymes are being activated. Like for pain, for example, like we have about 4,000 enzymes that modulate the pain uh, enzyme process in the body. So when they're looking at things like tumor neurosis factor and interleukin six and NF kappa B, like they're looking to turn those genes off sometimes. And so what research is finding is that there are plant compounds like curcuminoids and gingerols that do the same thing mm-hmm. and help to modulate those systems in the body. So I think it's important to have a variety of these plant compounds to support other processes in the body. I mean, they say that the average cell, I think, gets hit with about 10,000 free radicals a day. So free radical damage isn't bad, but we're doing this like we have this happen every single day on its own, like when our liver is detoxing from phase one to phase two. So if we can support the system naturally internally with things that are found in nature and close to nature, that's why people are taking supplements to support these systems and these pathways reduce oxidative damage, help your body recycle antioxidants, support liver detoxification, help your body, you know, produce things like interferon and B cells and T cells, like interfere with virus replication. Well, these plants and these compounds that do this, like the phenolic acid and the iso, you know, cyothionites and these kinds of things that work on a cellular mechanism, they actually go and turn off the same enzymes, the five lock enzymes and the COX enzymes. So why wouldn't you do that when you can get that from nature? Now, I'm not saying you're going to absorb everything and that means 100% if you just eat plants. I also don't think that that works because, you know, we live in a much more stressful world. You go out to dinner with your friends one night, you go drinking, Mm -hmm. like we can all use a little bit more support, but, and especially now, I think the state of the union of everybody is just trying to be an expert in the field and be like, I'm the paleo person, I'm the keto person, I'm the macro person. But we do need to all have some, we need to all concede on some level and be like, okay, let's just develop some ground rules. Like let's all maybe just eat some more things from the ground and from the earth. And like, that's cool. Maybe let's all go to bed a little bit earlier. Maybe let's all stress out a little less. And just, I think developing some of that is going to be really important. And so again, these plant compounds, if we can support our body's natural system, our body wants to be healthy. That's why we have the symptoms and diseases that develop slowly over time. You know, there's some people that will talk about cancer, like it takes years for cancer to develop, right? We have cancer cells, all of us have them in there. So how can we modulate that through epigenetics and through nutrigenomics and, and taking these, you know, antioxidants and you know, all these things, these secondary plant phytochemicals that can change our physiology. Why wouldn't you do that? You know, when you can get that naturally. Yeah. He's very well-spoken. And I I think as we touched on earlier, it's just easy to be confused about this stuff and everyone wants to do what's right for them. They want to do what's going to help them feel good. But, you know, you also have to look at what humans have been doing forever, at least that we know of. 
And yeah, we've been eating a, a you know a myriad of nutrients, both plant-based and, and animal-based. And you know, there's no one right way. So if you're someone that just doesn't feel good when you're eating broccoli, cool. Like don't eat broccoli, but don't say that none of the other plants are you know beneficial for you or for anyone else. Right. Based on that, or maybe you have you know autoimmune issue and, and you need to avoid certain types of plants, that's fine, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's certain people, like we're all biochemically individual. We learned that from the very yeah, beginning. Definitely. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, that's very well said. Okay. Um, last question, and then I'm going to let you go. Actually, first, let's, why don't you share where people can find out more about you? Sure. So I keep it pretty simple across the board. Everything's just Brianna DiOrio. So uh, my website is briannadiorio.com. My Instagram, which is, that's what I'm most active on is Brianna Diorio. And then my Facebook fan page is Brianna Max Diorio, but that's pretty much where you can find me. You're surprisingly active on Instagram. I'm, I am, yeah. I, but because I, I'm researching all day long, you know, and, and I think, um, there's just always so much cool information coming out and I'm just like, people should know, you know, it, it is, it is. And I'm, I'm kind of partly in awe, partly just, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of impressed that that you spend as much time as you do and, and good for you because it's been really helpful for me and I know it's really helpful for a lot of other people. I but that. It's interesting too. It's like a double-edged sword because yeah. <laughs> you, the more people that you help, you want to then, it like sets the bar higher. So now I'm like, oh, well now I have new followers. So they don't know all this stuff that I've already posted. So like, let's just keep posting more. And I think you can't really unlearn things is sort of my philosophy. Like even if you don't like the information I post, well, at least now you have that nugget of information and maybe it has, I, I would just rather people at least have the information to work with. Well, and then it's, it's far better information than posting pictures of you doing barbell back squats or, or yeah. fucking booty pics or something like that. I mean, my family is way too savage of an Italian family to take myself like seriously like that at all and to not be ripped a new one by like, <laughs> family. so I just think that would not fly for me as a person, you know? So I'm like, yeah. okay. Does anybody care if I post a picture of me casually looking away, which I know somebody took that photo? I'm like, no, we'll just. We'll I don't get it. I, just, education. Yeah. I don't get it, but we'll save that. We'll save that That's for a whole other tangent. Yeah. Um, okay. If you could go back and do it over again, what, if anything, would you do differently? I'm curious. I love questions like this because I'm always asking questions like this because they say that advice is a form of nostalgia. Mm. I know this sounds really cliche, but honestly, I don't think I would change anything because you always end up where you're supposed to be. I maybe wish I would have been a bit more patient and kind with myself on certain things, but I do think that if you are self-aware enough uh, and you can remove your ego to say, even if it's a really great experience or a really terrible experience in your life to say, what can, how did I contribute? Number one, and what can I learn from this? Number two, I think that that maybe if you can learn that from a younger age, I think would help people feel more hopeful about moving through whatever is happening in their life, good or bad. Yeah, I can appreciate that a lot. I think there's a lot to really stepping back and acknowledging the, the journey and, yeah. you know, the steps that we go through, be it considered wins or especially failures, I think they all contribute to growth. And as much as I would, you know, like to change a lot of things, I, I agree with you. I think we're ending up where we're supposed to be. I would have maybe um, done like talk therapy earlier in my life. I was a very big proponent of 
don't have emotions that makes you a weak ass bitch. And, you know, I think that's partially growing up on the East coast too. Um, and so thinking that that being vulnerable was a sign of weakness. So I think maybe just again, like being kinder to myself and realizing like, no, we all, you know, go through things and it's okay. So I encourage people to just, you know, remove those stigmas about any of that kind of stuff. I think from a younger age, the more you understand yourself and how you work as a person, I think the better, you can influence others around you and just really that's what to me meaning like you living your best life means. Yeah. I love it. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it at that. So Brianna, it's been an absolute pleasure. So happy to have had the opportunity to catch up with you, to share your, your knowledge and passion and wisdom with our, our listeners. And uh, I'm just it's super- been an honor. You're a wealth of knowledge too. You've got great content out there. People, you know, your podcast is awesome. So I feel honored to nice. be a guest on it. Well, I appreciate it. It's it's always a a work in progress, but I'm just trying to do my part and contribute in a way that resonates with me. And I'm glad it resonates with you. And, And so for all of you listening, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. Make sure you do yourself a huge favor and go follow Brianna Diorio on Instagram, because she's just great to, to listen to. And, and those, uh, information nuggets are, are awesome. And, and so Brianna, we're going to have to do this again Definitely. sometime soon. In the meantime, I guess I'll catch you on social media. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. Ciao. Take care. Bye. Bye. Did you love this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show? Then head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a positive rating and review. And more importantly, share this with other men that you know are dedicated to leveling up in every area of their life by learning how to live healthier, more energetic, and productive lives so that they can optimize their health for their family and future. Thank you for listening. And if you want to find out more about how you can work directly with Ben, then just head on over to www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up.